From Ruthless Shadow by Zeta Steele Lewis found all this very exciting. He had enthusiasm for myths, legends, bad omens, bad weather, supernatural happenings, and inexplicable events. His passion for superstitions and doomsaying drove his other family members crazy. He didn't often meet curious strangers with whom he could share his fantastic tales. This is Gothic. Season 4 of the Gothic Podcast may contain sensitive material not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. I watch them as they play at their detective games. They are so easily distracted, these who would call themselves my nemeses and not my collaborators. These who speak the name Lazarus Cain with such disdain. How much easier it would be if they would only embrace the power, the immortality, that I could offer them. But no, better this, better this sandbox drama of false quests and futile hopes, this antic rushing from one where to another, from one crisis to the next, never to rest long enough to focus on what is real. And for now, they are trapped within their cocoons, within these rifts whose lives lie somewhere between the pure fantasy of the book realms and the immutable truth of my reality, and the tower where they hope to corner and purge me. <laughs> Soon enough, though, they will find their lost, though they may wish they had not. Perhaps they will even manage to save them, some of them. I look forward to the outcome of that endeavor. It shall prove, I hope, entertaining. Ah, yes, rift. It is a good word. For when my little heroes find their missing friends and family, they will need to make a choice, one that will tear them and worlds apart. It is true, I almost cannot bear the weight. Good evening, sojourners from a hot, sweltering spring evening in the Pacific Northwest, from our studios to your ears, it's the Gothic Podcast. And tonight, we're back with our usual crew, Jesse. Oh, you want me to talk? I need to, like, do some acting and shit? Okay, cool. Hi, everybody. 
and Sharon. Hello, I'm totally prepared, unlike some people, to spike my levels. Sorry. Immediately. The first word. God damn it. And Eric. <laughs> I can spike my levels too. hey <laughs> We've had a couple of sessions of the Gothic podcast where our riffs in our City of Mist, as we play the City of Mist RPG, have discovered, well, one, that they're called riffs, and they're not the only ones out here in the city. They've discovered a few other things as well. They have uh, found some secrets about themselves and others. They have discovered many mysteries still that do not yet have answers. And so tonight we join our rifts as they venture forth and try to, well, find out those answers. Answers about the rain of bodies that happened a few weeks ago, closing in on a, a month or more now. Answers about the desiccated ones, those undead beings riding their motorcycles around town, watching them sometimes becoming a bit more aggressive than that. Answers about surely not their co-worker who was picked up by the CEO of Ivy Corp outside of the Boba Fett Tea House and Cantina. And of course, answers about that CEO himself, Junichiro Hayashi, and what he has to do with all of this. Some hints of that were given to Baz by the boardwalk prophet Janvier of the Crate. <laughs> and uh, the good old soapbox mythos. <laughs> I seriously <laughs> almost spit out my wine. His mythos is a soapbox. <laughs> Now you made me spike. <laughs> so now it's a few days later. Shirley still has not shown up at work. Surely not. Even though she was scheduled now. And so there's that new mystery there, too. And we join our rifts. Well, where are you, rifts? Are you at the metal shop? It is reopened. There's still the chalk outline, somewhat washed away, but still visible out on the sidewalk in front of the metal shop recording studio and vinyl store where Kelly O'Brien, Ivy Corp delivery driver, was found murdered and then got up and started throwing cops left and right. I totally forgot that he had gotten murdered. I was so wrapped up in him becoming a desiccated one, that I totally forgot that someone murdered him in front of our store. The Kazambi, as I think we dubbed him. <laughs> right. In true tragedy, those sojourners who have listened to the last episode, I'm sorry, wait, two, uh... Two episodes ago. Two, two episodes ago. Maybe three. No, oh, it's, man. it's two episodes ago. <laughs> Episode uh, nine, have heard some words from Kelly O'Brien. Unfortunately, the riffs don't know what those words are. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> it's Traguna McCoytes. Somebody's got to listen to our podcast, and it should be the cast members. <laughs> <laughs> I did, if only for the bit where Ariel was chewing Baz out. 
how dare you grab me and throw me down that yeah. staircase? <laughs> and so we join our riffs. <laughs> Digress. In progress. <laughs> oh, you want us to talk? Totally in progress. <laughs> so I, I, I think there would be a knock uh, on Echo's sound booth at like a convenient moment when it looked like Echo wasn't doing anything. Echo, um, do you have a few minutes? I think we should all all get together and and talk about a few things I found out. So I click save, and I'm like, "Yeah, Baz, no problem." Okay, let's let's go grab Cadence, and then I think we'd go to a soundproof area so that we yeah. can have a convo. Probably uh, Echo's sound booth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right back in the sound booth, or one of the others. There's like three of them there, so it's all good. N- nobody's seen Shirley, right? Yeah, she hasn't shown up for work. No call, no show, man. That's, uh, that's bad news. You think she might be one of these riffs? Uh, I think, I think she might be, uh, but I think that, that old man Hayashi almost definitely is. I went to talk to the, the end is nigh guy on his soapbox, and, uh, and I asked him some questions, and he had some, uh, you know, kind of cryptic, but, but some maybe helpful answers. Junichiro Hayashi is 38. Oh, really? Did yeah. you call him old? Oh. I, I did just now. Yes. <laughs> we are all 15. <laughs> so I, I asked him uh, who was behind the Reign of Bodies, you know, who benefits from it. And he said it, it has to be Hayashi, the man who comes to him on many a day to seek advice at the pyramid's height where shines the light. And that's got to be the Ivy Corp pyramid, right? Wait a minute, you mean the end is nigh guy goes to the Ivy Corp pyramid? Or the Ivy Corp guy comes to the end is nigh guy? Uh, yeah. The end is nigh guy goes to see Hayashi, it sounded like. Really? That's what that's, he said. That's interesting. Yeah, what the so, actual... Are you sure, dude? End of nigh guy did not seem to have all of his uh, thoughts straight, maybe not his facts. I, I don't know for sure. This is what he said. So that's what I have to go on. Uh, I also asked what's going to happen, you know, what is there to fear? And he said that once he finds his way into a land of decay, uh, then he'll have a lot of power and can sway the city, or the city will sway. I don't know if that means in like a mental way or like an earthquake uh-huh. kind of way. Well, I don't like either one of those. So like, of the dead? Yeah, land of decay, huh? Yeah, land of decay. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, I got, like, a, an image. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Baz, you got an image? Yeah, I saw an image of uh, what has to be the uh, the forest that Ariel was talking about with the bodies. Oh, dang. Okay, wait, because, like, you both said you had a vision when you were talking to Andy of a forest. Is this the same forest? It was no, a real no. different forest. Yeah, that was totally different. different Andy's forest, forest was okay. like was like you're strolling along in like an older cartoon about like Robin Hood or something. And it's Peaceful like everything's Disney golden bullshit. and nice. Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah, so uh real different. And then I said, how do I protect the innocent? And he said to play a different game that I had to find the path before or after him and confront him there and there Within that great forest, you shall lay him to waste. I think that's what he said. So do you guys think this forest with the bodies hanging is a place that we can go to? Or is it 
whatever the 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 mythos of Hayashi is. Like, is he the forest, or is it the place? Um, is is this an okay time, Patrick, to declare a flashback? Yeah, if you like. We have flashback, flashback, flashback. Harp sounds, harp sounds. Okay, so I want to have to go back and be having explored the library cathedral a bit more. Have done a bunch of research on forests with bodies on them and uh, make a move in the past to see if I was able to find out anything about that. There are a number of uh, mythic forests, but not as many with bodies in them. You found the uh, Norse one. Right, and the Japanese death forest. Japanese death forest? What the... (laughs) So yeah, so you, Baz, you did this research, and since this is a flashback, and this is relatively easy information to come across. And you do have, you know, I mean, you have research and all sorts of other things on your various theme books. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make you make an investigation role for this, just as far as coming up with the names and descriptions. So I know that um, you already have done this research. So if you just want to share that information, um, go ahead. Okay. There were two things that I think it might be. And one is in Norse mythology, they would hang uh, bodies of different animals on nine different nights, uh, culminating in, in nine human bodies from trees in the forest. But it sounds like uh, there were more bodies than that. Oh, for sure. Oh, that was something one of the desiccated said, that now we are something of nine. I can't remember exactly. Oh, really? Oh, dang. Oh, well, the Norse had a lot of... They, the nine was like a perfect number because it was three threes. So they had a lot of superstition about that. Okay, well, maybe that's more plausible then. Uh, then there was a Japanese death forest uh, called Aoki Gahara. I don't know how to say that. Aoki Gahara. Although I'm also probably pronouncing it incorrectly. <laughs> the, the voice in my said says... <laughs> uh, the suicide forest. The sea of trees. Yeah, so they, uh, they supposedly have ghosts uh, called uh, Yurai in this forest, uh, and and I thought that might be where the desiccated ones are coming from. But no, Baz, like, seriously, I saw, I saw O'Brien change before my eye. He doesn't need to go nowhere. He changed right there. Well, right, but, but we thought maybe he was killed by, by the desiccated ones, and maybe, like, they, they were the death spirits, and they, you know, made him a death spirit, too. Yeah, well, if there's some kind of necromancy going on, then, uh, I mean, that could have caused either one of the, I mean, either, either one of those, I guess, could have caused the, the change, right? Yeah, and, I mean, Hayashi is Japanese, but all of his, uh, henchmen seem to be Norse, so I, I don't know what to think. Well, I mean, to be honest, I think we need to stay closer in touch at this point. And I yeah. start passing out uh, the new scarabs that I worked on down during my downtime. Oh, sweet Echo, thanks. Do, do these ones work better? One of them immediately squelches. <laughs> <laughs> they should perform better than, you know, the previous version, but I'm still working on it. 
perform better they start going hello my baby hello my honey hello my ragtime gal they all look like frogs now they're not scarabs they they're frogs like frogs now with a, frogs with a top hat because it's required by me by law <laughs> this is not the musical episode oh my god <laughs> that is very likely episode 18 <laughs> oh god but that not this so one close. don't make promises you can't keep man yeah <laughs> well, it depends on you guys. Don't so. tease me like this. So, what do you want to do with all of this information that you have? Well, I kind of want to break into the uh, glass house. You know, I like your style. I was thinking about, like, tailing desiccated ones, but that's a lot more direct. Let's do that. Okay, so Echo, like, surprises them all, and, like, just out of his backpack, pulls out this roll of paper, and lays it out. I thought you were going to say a bunch of medieval oh, weapons that, that I just have awesome. to collect. <laughs> that would have been great. But no, Echo pulls out a map of this, like, a general map of the city and, like, lays it out on the table. And it's like, okay, where are the forests we know? And, like, start pointing to you. It's like, I only know this one. And oh, that's... hell yeah. I've always wanted to do one of these. I start making little marks like Ivy Corp headquarters. Here's where it is. Here's the metal shop. Here's the Boba Fett. Here's where we encountered the desiccated one outside the coffee shop. Well, and the only real forest Echo knows is, like, south, the south part of Little Italy, where it's like, there's a park, and there's not a whole lot there. It's just a fun little friendly park, north of the industrial zone, out of everything, not near, like, anything like downtown, and it's just a city park that's really beautiful. That's the only thing he can really point out. There's a there's a little bit of green space up along the, the waterfront up to the north, you know, across the uh, across the big river. But I don't know if I could say that's forested. And then there's the park right behind Ivy Court. That might be a possibility. It, I mean, it's city park. I think like, we should mark it with like a red marker on a map. That's for sure. Well, we have this handy map right here. I mark it. <laughs> And that's what I'm expecting in this. We're all marking like forests or parks or anything that we know where there's lots of trees and just kind of like putting like either a big star that says possibility. How about like a question mark? We could put like a question mark. Like, what about this? Or a question mark or a big X, you know, something like that where it's like, it can't be that one. That's too small. So we exit. So we go through this thing where we're marking different forests versus whether we think that they'd have be able to support lots of bodies like were mentioned in the dreams or whether it's like it seems like a more because you guys talked about like some serene park that you had a vision with Andy with. Um, Andy was able to show you this vision of a park. It was really serene. There was nothing going on. It was just a beautiful experience. But then you also got that bad uh, poem or... Uh, yeah. I don't, I, I don't know if I want to call it a premonition. It sounded like one. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like that was more of a warning. And Andy's Park seemed to me maybe more like a metaphor. Like, uh, you know, the point was maybe the, the, the way that you were taking, the road that you were taking, the, you know... But, I don't know, that was just my interpretation. Two roads diverged in a wood. Yeah, 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 the wood was yellow, you know. You already know that 
the hallucinations, those overlays that you've been seeing, because you saw them over each other as well, because you saw the, the, your mythos overlaid as a hallucination over one another, uh, you know that that's probably what you're seeing, is you're seeing some representation of their mythos. Oh. You know, I like, I like the idea of maybe using a forest as like a way to access, you know, a deeper truth. But I feel like it, it, it well, in Andy's case, it was, it was more of a metaphor than an actual location that we could like go walk to. Do you think like Andy's some kind of oracle? Do you think he like really knows what's going on and well, um, doesn't have the intelligence stat to like really understand how that applies to this world? That's not what I think. Honestly, the way that he was talking, it seemed to me like he's more focused on the way that possible futures depend on you making choices in the moment and the various like choices that you that you can possibly make and he's maybe looking at different futures that could potentially come to pass you know string theory and the multiverse that thing's been really big in the movies recently you you mean the the motion pictures that they're showing in the theater now yeah the movie picture shows <laughs> no um. i uh i got the impression that he's maybe looking at a variety of different outcomes based on decisions that as are only just or yet to be made. We need to recruit Andrew. And that's why he's so confused all the time. Yeah, exactly. That's what I've been saying. <laughs> While you were with Phoebe in the actual library part of the library, not in Echo or not in uh, Baz's strange otherworldly cathedral readout. Redout? 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 I think redoubt is the right word. I <laughs> get it right the first time. She pulled a book off a shelf with her um, uh, apparently telekinetic powers, <laughs> and she reshelved that on your uh, way out. And Echo, you said just a few moments ago in jest something, but now you remember that that book was a book of poetry, and it said Robert Frost on the spine. Oh my God, are you kidding me? Echo, are you are you kidding me? Is is Andy the mythos of Robert Frost? I mean, <laughs> wow. Okay, why does that make so much sense? <laughs> that would be great. Um, wait, wait, wait. So that book that Phoebe put back—that was some Robert Frost. That was like two roads diverged in a wood. What if the path we're taking is towards this? bodies hanging from the trees or from that vision you saw of Andy earlier where there was a nice peaceful respite of a forest that we're heading towards. Ultimately, I think we have a choice right here. Which path do we want to follow? Yeah, his mythos has to do with the actual choice itself. The forest is just surrounding territory. I don't think the forest that it's two roads diverged in a yellow wood the wood's not the destination, it's just the place where the roads are diverging. The divergence is the important part. I mean, ultimately, I think we need to figure out which path we want to pursue. And I think Andy's the key. Uh, we need to get Andy, and we need to... Honestly, I think Andy might know which direction we'll go. And if we can hook up with Ariel again, that would be great. I mean, 
Uh, Baz, who, by the way, has put a big X through the Arboretum, uh, (laughs) that is close to the library. (laughs) Like, very heavy marker, just, like, coloring it out. Use it as sus. Uh, says, maybe, uh, maybe somebody else should go talk to Andy. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, he, uh, yeah. What we should we should stick close together. To Echo's point, I uh, I don't want to do any more daring rescues. You two here? Yeah, I'm kidding. I totally want to do another one of those. I remember, like way back when, somebody always said, "Don't split the potty," <laughs> and and we've been doing that a lot. Yeah, no. Well, I think that talking to Andy's a good idea, even if he can't tell us for certain which way we'll end up going. He might give us an indication of. What might happen? Do we feel like we could get any more information out of Phoebe? I don't think so, honestly. I thought we might have earlier, but I think she gave us a lot of information about ourselves, and that's given us a lot of information about about uh, Mr. Big CEO guy. But also about her. All right, so you have proposed two, two paths here. Well, among others. One of them is going and breaking into Hayashi's mansion up in the hills and doing whatever you want to do there. Another is going and um, trying to find out more from Andy. And the other one, I guess, was tailing desiccated ones. Yeah, that's what I was going to propose. And, uh, you know, in retrospect, I think that's like a way, like, probably less, uh, an option less likely to give us actual results. Let's talk to Andy. I don't know. I've, I've got the salt. So <laughs> that's okay. true. That's true. We could run one over again. Also, I think we might have to, like, face them if we go for Hayashi. Yeah. And uh, maybe if there were less of them, that would help. Well, let's talk to Andy first, whatever we do, and get some information from him. Because if he can give us an indication of uh, what might happen if we make this choice or that choice, that might be really helpful. Okay, if you think that's the right thing to do. So, like, Phoebe gave us all this information about rifts. And I honestly think Andy could possibly be another rift. I think Andy has a lot to really portray into this scenario and which direction we choose. But I also think that Shirley might be a key. I don't know if Shirley's working for this Ivy Core bullshit or if she's just a pawn and being used by them. I think if we... I think... I think the two choices at this point are which do we want to really trust in at this point? Well, I definitely agree that we need to figure out what's up with Shirley, but my my gut feeling is that I would rather trust this information to Andy than Shirley, partially because hardly anyone listens to Andy when he talks. So if he goes around blabbing about us breaking into mansions or whatever, probably people won't really take much notice of it. Whereas if Shirley, you know, I mean, we don't, we don't even know where she lives, right? Like, I I bet she's in Hayashi's mansion. Yeah, exactly. How can we put our trust in her? So I want to find out more about her before I trust her personally. So one thing I think we should consider before we go talk to Andy again is that he already said Shirley's the key. Yeah, no, I know. But like, well, and you had another, you had a whole bunch of other names on your list, Baz. Well, I was just thinking, like, in terms of, like, what we are going to do next, he might kind of help us decide which thing to do next and which thing to do later. You know what I mean? If I, if I remember that, that poem was all about him taking the harder road 
and kind of wishing he'd taken the easier road. I don't know. I thought at the end he kind of bragged about like, oh, yeah, I took this this lesser known road. And like at the end of the verse, he's talking about like, someday I'll be bragging about taking this lesser taken road. Here's what we're looking at. We have a lot of pawns on the chessboard, so to say. Is there any that we think that are maybe, is there any way we can figure out some of the bigger players like the knight or the rook or the bishop? Maybe we can get closer to this. Is Andy just a pawn? Is Fender just a pawn? Surely... Maybe not even a pawn. Yeah. Surely seems like they may be a back row chess player. I think that Hayashi is the king, and Shirley is the queen. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because she kind of shows up out of nowhere, and just like, right in the middle of the action, moving in ways we don't expect. Yeah, the queen's a great uh, metaphor for her. Well... Cadence, if you think, I mean, it seems like whenever I go do something risky, it just turns out bad. So, I mean, if you think we should talk to Andy first, that's that's fine. I just worry that he might have told us everything he's got. Yeah, no, I know. I think it just might be useful to go up to him and be like, hey, we're thinking of these two different actions. What do you think would happen if we took either one of them? You know, help us make this, make this, choose our next move here. Okay. What do you think, Echo? To be honest, I. It's only what you guys have told me from what Andy said. I've run into Andy before, and he's got some yeah. interesting poems every once in a while. Most of them are garbage, yeah. honestly. Yeah. But I record them for him anyway. So if you think there's something more there, and it seems like there's something is, especially with what Phoebe told us about these, these riffs, I think it's worth a shot. I think he might have a little something more... I don't know, prophetic to, yeah. to like guide us in the right direction. Okay, well, I based on the last time, I think we may need something to like shock him into, you know, his, his <laughs> riftiness or whatever. I think I may be able to help with that. It's something I've been working on. Um, I've been playing with some of this rift power that I seem to have. Um, but I'm willing to try something. I don't know what you guys have. I know we talked about some of our powers, but I think I'm more interested in exploring how we can improve ourselves to try and make a difference. I was going to go get the book that Phoebe was was messing with and maybe see yeah. if that like, connects him with his, uh, you know, mythos-ness. Baz, do you, do you want to do that? And uh, me and Echo will close up the shop and we'll meet you at the... Uh... Andy must be still in the hospital, right? Or has he been discharged at this point? We don't know. We'll find out, I guess. Uh, he's probably still at the hospital. Let's let's meet there. All right, all right. We'll head there. And uh, you got your frog scarab? Yeah, I got it. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, yeah, get in touch if anything happens. Baz, like, presses it next to his hearing aid to see if there's feedback, because he's afraid it's still not going to work. It seems to work fine at the moment. Okay, all right. And then uh, Baz will make two stops. He will, A, get the book. I don't know if I have to, like, prize it from Phoebe's clutches. Probably uh, get a library card and check it out, dude. Yeah. I think that's how libraries <laughs> work. <laughs> uh, and he's also going to stop and get flowers for Andy. Aw. Nice. Do you know to do a decimal system? <clears throat> uh, no, I'm familiar with Library of Congress. He, he doesn't have to know the Dewey decimal system. That's what librarians are for. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So Baz heads off to get uh, get 
the book of poetry, the book of uh, Robert Frost poetry, and to get some flowers for Andy. And so then what? Uh, Cadence and Echo go straight to the hospital or? I imagine this is happening at the end of the of the shop day, yeah. sort of. And so we'll close up the shop. And then yeah, go to the go to the hospital and and uh, see if Andy's still there and kind of get ourselves in there. Okay, so that hospital actually is a clinic that was nearby the metal shop, actually not too far away. In fact, in that case, we could just go to the clinic. Say like, hey, um, we we brought a friend in here a few, a few days ago with uh, some broken hands, and we wanted to just check in on him. Can you tell us where he is? Oh yeah, um, uh, why uh. He was uh, discharged. Um, uh, dis- Shit. And she looks through her uh, list. Um, Why, well, just, uh, uh, looks like it was uh, just yesterday. Okay, well, I guess that's good news. Did he seem like he was on the mend? Uh, well, no, but he was taking being taken into private care. Private care? He He's not a rich man. Uh, can I ask uh, what private practice he was uh, being taken into? We just want to go check on him, you know, and say hello. Yeah, who signed him out? Cadence, I believe you're going to need to do a convince here. All righty. I want to add charming, and I want to add... Let me see. I want to add all eyes on me from stage presence. Any weakness tags that look good? A stage presence has a in the crosshairs, which goes really naturally along with all eyes on me. I want the uh, maybe I should actually pick performance instead of all all eyes on me. I'm acting the concerned friend. I really want to convince the desk person that I'm a concerned friend with Andy's best interest at heart, and that she can trust me with that. So I'm going to pick performance instead of. Although you know what? Can I use performance and crowd pleaser? Or uh... yeah. oh no, ma'am. Okay, but then I think in the crosshairs also makes sense because. If uh, I'm drawing this much attention to myself, um, it only makes sense that if anyone's kind of on the lookout for people asking about Andy, they will remember me. I have a power uh, a bonus of two, and it is uh, convince, right? Convince, yes. Okay. I rolled a mild success with the result of nine. You're trying to get them to, you know, hand over record for somebody that you're not even <laughs> related to. Yeah. Also on a hit, you need to choose a relevant status. Uh, with tier plus power. Something like Charmed by Me. Charmed one. Two. Well, it'd be two. Oh, Charmed two. Okay. Willing to violate HIPAA, too. <laughs> yeah. That, that, willing to what? violate HIPAA uh, probably ought to be a three or maybe a four. <laughs> That's pretty and, dramatic. I don't even know his, like, private information. And then I get to choose um, whether to take the status or, or do one of these other things. Oh. What about, like, um, sympathetic to, like, she's sympathetic to, you know, I'm a concerned friend and I want to make sure he's okay. Well, I, I really shouldn't tell you who, who checked him out. I mean, that's, that's a breach of uh, privacy, but, um. But just like, uh, we really want to go say hello to him and, you know, give him a balloon or something. And, uh. I suppose if you, I mean, if you know him and, and you're familiar with his you know, friends and such, then then you'll know his uh, big Norwegian friend that picked him up. Yeah, he's like, I gesture vaguely, like this high, kind of, like he's a tall guy. He's, he's pretty tall, yeah. Yeah, he he drives like a black car or something like that. That guy? 
No. No. No? Okay. Maybe I'm thinking of a different Norwegian friend, but... This one, he, he was wearing a big fur coat. Oh, that guy. Okay, fur coat guy. Yeah, I've seen him at, like, parties and stuff, but we haven't exchanged too many words. Well, I mean, I'm glad he's taking care of Andy, um, but could you tell me, like, you know, I just, like, I told him I'd check on him and, and come in and talk to him and stuff. He, he'll be he'll be bummed that he can't write anything down with those hands of his. Um, he's a poet, you know, and... Uh, yeah, he was terrible. Yeah, it was awful. But, you know, you support your friends, right? This one time, anyway, I won't go into it, but no, it, uh, you know, I promised I'd, like, you know, sit and take notes for him and stuff like that. Could, could you just tell us, like, which private practice, and we'll go and ask them if they're cool with, like, letting us see him? Uh, no, I, I, I can't. I'm sorry. I just can't. All right, man. He'll be so bummed. Okay. Echo would love to step in at this moment and be like, but we have family. Uh, and try to use, like, this echo of voice to family, 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 family. Uh, so you are using your powers on this person? Yes. Okay. Let's see what you've got here. Uh, so this is going to be a, a convince, and you are going to be trying to raise the status that, uh, that she has of sympathetic to, uh, you're right. wanting to add to that. You're wanting to get her up to blabbing everything, you know, four-ish. Willing to violate HIPAA. Yeah, going to violate HIPAA for, <laughs> unless, of course, you want to push your powers beyond and into the magical. Well, that's what I was thinking of doing, is playing with, uh, because I did spend a little time using my bardic charmer, that echo of my voice, not only with the uh, cops during the O'Brien fiasco, and also when we were playing with echoes in the cathedral and library, the echo, that just resounding thing that just kind of like plays in somebody's You're using ear. your magic, though. You're using your mythos to do this, but it's not really something you haven't done before. So it's not really a stop holding back. Okay. But I think that you'll just be rolling convince, but you'll be able to use your mythos stuff with that. Okay. Would I be able to use a help in the instance of Cadence? If she's willing to give you a help? Yeah, I'll do that. So, yeah, then go ahead and roll with power of two. Oh, nice. Ooh. For Wait, our podcast listeners out there. <laughs> Sweet. This is a great success. A 12. Yay! With a power of two. She can either choose to accept your... Again, probably sympathetic too, or she can choose what the uh, 10 plus is on, under convince, which is change their agenda to include yours, at least for the time being. Uh, she's staring at you, Echo, and you're getting through to her, you, you realize. She's not quite there yet. In other words, she's taking the status. She's taking sympathetic too. I, I really feel for you guys, but I just can't risk my job. To give you this info, I mean, to give you the names and stuff, I'd, I'd lose my job. I mean, you said you know him. Just go ask your fur coat uh, Norwegian guy, and she shuffles paper so you can't see his name. Would, would Baz have showed up by then? And Baz but comes in about family. that time. With, but we're family. <laughs> family thing. But we're family. Pulls out his notebook surreptitiously. It says, um, do you mean Magnus Simeon? 
So Baz comes in with flowers and here's the last part of this conversation and says that. Thank you, Baz. I knew you would remember his name. That person we all know. (laughs) (laughs) And she is already convinced. uh, I mean, she's sympathetic, too. So she's like, "Um, yeah, that's him. Oh, thank you so much. We won't tell anybody. All right. So get out of here. And she smiles when she says it. But all right, thank you for thank your help. You. Sorry, thank you couldn't, you couldn't help thank us. Thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you kindly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you kindly. The season is going to be Echo ASMR. <laughs> Echo songs in the musical episode are going to be all call and response. Well, Baz, it looks like Andy was discharged with our friend Magnus. Thank you for reminding me of his name. And we should go talk to Magnus about it. Yeah, yeah, we should we should definitely go talk to him. And then once we're, like, outside, and, like, maybe even all the way in the car, I'm like, so Magnus Simeon came and put him in a private clinic. They came and took Andy. Did, did they really put him in a private clinic, or did they just take him? I mean, they discharged him. We don't know where he is. She couldn't tell us the name of the clinic. I mean, she, well... <laughs> I mean, I don't know, Echo, that was crazy. <laughs> you might have got her to, to say something back there, but, like, uh... Either way, this isn't good. Yeah, no. That means they know about Andy. That... <sighs> yeah, there's there's no clinic. Shirley got into Hayashi's car, right? Right, and we haven't seen her. So, do you think we should go to Hayashi's mansion, uh, the Ivy Corp building, or should we go ambush some some desiccated ones? I mean, we know where they hang out. Now, here's a wacky idea. Tell me what you guys think of this. What if we went and, like, stole their motorcycles? I love that idea. <laughs> or or sabotage them or something. Well, steal some, sabotage some, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how useful it would be in, like, stopping them from coming after us, because I don't know where they got these things in the first place. They might have a whole fleet of them somewhere, but, you know... What if we stole a bunch of their motorcycles? What if we dressed up like them, stole their motorcycles, and used it to get into the mansion? Do you know where they keep their motorcycles? Uh, we uh, found Anybody? it, right, Patrick? Yeah, we didn't we, we find, we find their... out where that is. It's down down in the industrial zone somewhere. I could point to it on the map. So, are we thinking motorcycles or one of the buildings? Well, listen, we didn't have a plan for breaking into the mansion apart from just like walking up to it and smashing a window, I guess. Or climbing on the roof, as you seem to like to do, but, like, if we had some of those, we'd, for one thing... Wow. Listen, I'm not hating. <laughs> <laughs> that was so passive-aggressive, though, I love it. <laughs> so, the motorcycle would give us, first thing, getaway cars that aren't immediately recognizable as my car. Second thing, like, disguises, if we could find, like, jumpsuits that kind of look like their jumpsuits... If they had helmets hanging off their handlebars, whatever, we could uh, we could disguise ourselves and try and get in that way. And that would provide us a way in that might raise alarms less, you know? Baz kind of looks at his bulk and odd shape and just kind of, it's worth a try. <laughs> Echo's just nodding like, I can understand that. <laughs> I mean, they're pretty cool bikes anyway. Yeah, I mean, I kind of want a bike also, but... Baz really wants one of those bikes. Are you headed for the bike shop where the bikes are made, or are you headed toward the warehouse 
where you followed them before. I doubt they store the bikes they already have at the facility where they're constructed. I think we need to hit the bikes that they already own so that they can't follow us as easily. What if we get some new upgraded bikes? Well, yeah, but I mean, these guys are bad news, and I think it would be neat to kind of hinder them and get ourselves some really cool-looking transportation at the same time. No offense, baby, and I pat the side of my car. Yeah, the Bronco uh, uh, (laughs) chokes for a moment and jerks as you're driving south. Because you are driving south at this point while you're talking. The mist of the city coating the front windshield of the Bronco, your windshield wipers scraping across it, Uh, you feeling a little out of sorts because it's daytime, Cadence. Yeah, my eyes are all squinty. And the wet streets of the city slide by as you cross the river and work your way down through Little Italy, through Ocean Heights, down into the industrial zone, past the turn you would normally take to the metal shop, and into the warehouses and other stores and shops and things that that cater to the industrial zone. Um, As you get closer and closer to the docks and the uh, power plant that is off to the south, rising up in the kind of hazy, gloomy day, smoke rising from the uh, numerous smokestacks down there. But uh, before that, you turn off and you drive by that that warehouse that you had staked out what seems like so long ago, but was less than a few weeks. And right now, it appears that there is no activity there. No Ivy Corp truck is backed up to the loading dock. There are no desiccated ones standing out smoking on the, <laughs> uh, on the uh, street. There's no motorcycles in evidence. Just a door uh, at the street level and then the roll-up door of the loading dock that is a little bit higher, set up a little bit higher than street level so that the Ivy Corp trucks can back right up to it. Across the street is that building where you had staked out this warehouse. Is the window still busted? The window is still busted. Okay, guys. Uh, why don't Why don't I go and try to find a way in? Yeah, Baz. Real quick before you leave, Baz, you looked up information on these desiccated ones. Do you remember if they have any kind of um, dormant period during the day? I don't recall if you had said that. They They've been seen during the day and at uh. night. Oh, never mind then. Oh, well. Worth a try, right? I know that if you fill their mouth with salt and sew it shut, that that ought to, like, deactivate them, but also that you should not dismember them because then it'll turn into, like, a a thing situation. That's horrifying. Pieces are coming after you. Yeah, I don't don't really want to do that. You'd ask maybe if we could, like, decapitate them and then do the bit with the salt in the mouth so that we didn't have to deal with the body at the same time maybe it's worth a try all right well i guess we all better get our pockets full of salt right 
Baz goes back to the car and gets, like, the bag he's been carrying around this entire time with, like, canisters of salt and gives you each a little sewing kit, too. Is he is he grinning really big because he has this bag of salt? <laughs> totally. Of salt. He's like, finally! My bag of salt! We also have um, the remnants of Echo's medieval weapons in my trunk. Oh, yeah. I, he would grab the hand axe for sure. What about Echo? What are you grabbing from your weapon stores? Honestly, nothing. They're just looking at it, everything going like, what the fuck? These are your um, weapons, man. No, but what you're doing right now, I don't know if that's necessarily helpful. Well, so if we get in, we might find something out. And if, and if they come back, you know, soon, we can ambush them better from inside. Echo, I know they're, I know they're cr like crazy dangerous, but they keep showing up and chasing us all over the place. And like, I don't want to know what, what happens when they catch you and take you somewhere. We gotta, we gotta stop them somehow. And we also need a way into the mansion. And it just seems to me that this is kind of a two birds, one stone situation. All right. So how do you need my help? Well, I say we get in. And we look around, and yeah. then we're ready to ambush them when they show up, if they show up tonight. Excellent. Echo, in your uh, collection of medieval weapons, do you have, like, a bullwhip? That might be helpful in, like, tying them if we need to, like... Yeah, but I don't think anybody pulled that. Yeah, but the remain <laughs> remainder of the weapons are in my trunk. I got a trunk full of useful items. I think it was a lot of shop implements, honestly. Okay. I don't know. If they're, like, uh you know, chilling and we can catch them unaware might be nice to, to kind of lasso them sort of thing so they can't struggle too much. I'll grab some towing cables. Nice. And the Echo's over there going, like, with the little scarabs, like, check one, check two. <laughs> Are you working? They really, like, was, when they had their downtime, they played with their own powers and they made sure they had some good communication between each other again. Cool. Um... So a lot of that was handed out previously, so maybe Echo is just like, check one, check two, is this working? Hello, do you hear me? So given the way that it came about, uh, I'll give you the story tag of Scarab Communicators. Sweet. Ooh. And so that can, if you find a use for that, or where you can use it as a modifier, then you can, you know, use that. Um, but you're wanting a toe chain. Cadence, you're going to need to do a change the game on that. Oh, I am? Okay. To create a story tag. Uh, change the game. I want to use trunk full of useful items. Okay. I also want to use the the power tag 1996 Ford Bronco, just because it's my car. Sure. Here comes my change the game. I rolled a great success. Nice. With a result of 12. Power of two. So, with a power of two, with a power of friendship. <laughs> The power of friendship compels you. So change the game, you are creating juice. So on a 10 plus, you get a minimum of two juice, but you, are, you had that because of your power of two. Uh-huh. Um, and you can, you can use, you don't have to, but you can use your juice to uh, scale up um, or to, you know, choose something else. You're going to have a lot of cable. <laughs> mm -hmm, yeah. So much cable. So you can use that juice to create a story tag. You burn a power tag or a story tag to give or reduce a status. So you just go over and like take the winch off the front <laughs> of the Bronco. With and the I just carry it. it. <laughs> yeah. 
And so you will get a story tag. Uh, what you're mainly doing here is story tag of um, tow. Um, tow cable. Or tow chain. Yeah. So it might be useful to save a juice for in the future if I need an, another useful item, item and I want to argue that I have it in my trunk of many things, I can use the juice to have that when I need it. Mm-hmm. Yes. That might be really helpful. But on the other hand, I feel like my trunk full of useful items has like has not really come into play that often. I think I'm going to um, pick uh, scale up the effect and acquire more things with which to tie up desiccated ones. So zip ties make sense and okay. uh, maybe some rope and I'll hand one each to Baz and uh, Echo. So you guys each also have methods of restraining desiccated ones. Extra toe chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Baz, you are trying to find a way in. Yeah, so all of you all have been using up the luck, so I'm afraid to, like, climb the building, which is my first inclination. (laughs) (laughs) So I think he's probably first, at least, going to try and pick the lock on the door. Okay, so he's going to fall back on his, uh, you know, conspiracy-busting stuff, his his skills. Uh, Lock-picking, for sure. Sneaking. If you'll let me. And... Sneaking. <laughs> Sneaking. <laughs> Filthy hobbitses. <laughs> I want to ask for help as well, even if it's just like, all right, can one of you, you know, wait until I say and then push on the door? Yeah, sure. Then, yeah, I have help points that I could spend. I got a help. I got one help point on him, but if you have more than one and you want to use one of them, I have uh, two. I okay. will gladly spend. I'll a uh, I'll let you Baz. do it then. Okay, awesome. Baz is is using his lock picks to uh, to mess with the lock, and he's he's hoping that at the opportune moment somebody can kind of push on the door and give it a little bit extra oomph. I feel that Echo might have gone with um, encouraging words. One. Okay, <laughs> that's that works too. You can do it. You can do it. You you can do it. <laughs> you just can do it. You you can do it. <laughs> All right, Mister Rogers. <laughs> and you're all standing out here in the rain. So right. Uh, okay. So do we want to use the uh, uh, the tight like that enhancement? Yeah. Procession. Use it. Uh, that just makes it a two juice instead of one. Yeah, do it. Baz actually feels super validated by the fact that uh, that he's getting encouraging words from Echo at this point, because he's felt a little bit like, like you know, our relationship might be on the rocks <laughs> as of the Aww. last session. Echo loves you, Baz. <laughs> well, he's feeling it now. Okay, okay and then uh, the um, I'm going to tag the weakness um, not subtle on my uh, mission theme book, if that's okay, Patrick. Uh, also, for all of you who have been using any weaknesses, don't forget to mark mark attention on those themes. Cool. Oh, for any of the weaknesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Right. Yep. Plus two from the thing, and now I... Take the risk, is what I was thinking okay. here. I have taken the risk. I rolled a three and a four, mm-hmm. plus three is ten. And that would be a great success, right? Yeah. Yeah, with a... Uh, great success here on Take the Risk. You, again, aren't subtle about it, especially with uh, Echo back there, you know, doing an actual cheerleader thing to, <laughs> to uh, you make can do it, it go you, better. You can do it. 
but you managed to lock the door just fine since it wasn't locked before. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hey, check it out. I locked the door. (laughs) Woohoo! So, yeah, so Baz checks the door to make sure that it's locked. It is. And he breaks out his lockpick gear. And um, he he works at it a little bit. And then and then Echo starts doing the cheerleading thing. And then Baz, getting a little fr- flustered by that, will, steps away and, like, kind of dances, you know, not dances around, but, like, moves around in a big pacing circle and then goes back to the door. Again, not being subtle at all about about working on this, despite throwing and sneaking. And so you're working on it, and you you feel your your strength kind of you know almost wanting to snap the uh, the picks in the in the door, but you don't. It goes click, and then the door is unlocked. That was totally going to be one of the choices if things had gone if, <laughs> in the middle road. It would have yeah. been you can do it, but you break your luck. But you break your luck, or the door. <laughs> <laughs> you okay, can guys. do it. We're in. All right. You swing the door open, and beyond is a short flight of steps up into a, an echoing dark space of the warehouse. No lights are on inside. What do you do? Sorry, I was expecting you to say there's Shirley. <laughs> Shirley, no, She's across not. the street watching you from the <laughs> broken window of the building. No, she's not. Oh my God, she Shirley not. not. She's surely not. <laughs> so Baz would, would advance uh, into the building and start looking around and try to find any kind of source of information. Do Cadence and Echo follow? Echo follows with a strange Mission Impossible theme kind of playing <laughs> through their head. The three of you walk up the stairs. The short flight of stairs and into the space, you you feel that it's a an echoing space. It's not filled with boxes and crates like you might expect from an Ivy Corp warehouse. But shortly enough, it's clear why. As four blue lights turn on, as the underlighting for four motorcycles, oh dang it, fires up. And the uh, echoing rumble of those motorcycles echoes through the room. Those lights are enough that you see that there are um, two flights of, of steep metal stairs at the far end of the warehouse from where you are that go up to an office area. But there's a catwalk in front of that office. Down below, what you see are these four desiccated ones on their motorcycles their eyes glowing red in the darkness. And that red is echoed up on the catwalk where another figure, another desiccated one, stands. The desiccated one that Baz can recognize as Mr. Singh, but a horribly changed Mr. Singh. This is the one that Cadence recognizes because it's the one that she led on a merry chase through the dock district and ran off into the water. He's not on a motorcycle. That's because he has wings. What? No fair. And we'll find out what happens next time on the Gothic Podcast. Ah! Oh, my dear God. Are you kidding me? God dang it. 
The Gothic Podcast is a horror and humor actual play audio drama produced by C. Patrick Nagel and Goblin Brook Manor, LLC, starring C. Patrick Nagel, Sharon Gallery Lafournaise, Jesse Baldwin, Eric Halbert, and me, Kirsten Valerie. Our logo was designed by Jared George Art, and our theme music is by Zoe Hovland. We stay afloat thanks to you, so if you can, please support us on Patreon and follow, like, and review us on iTunes and all our social media platforms. Thanks for joining us in the dark, Sojourners. Shirley's the key? Did you tell me this previously and I didn't know? No, you, you yeah. reacted the exact same way before, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. That was like a flashback. <laughs> That's great.